So take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 10. And a special hello to Mary Noel and Tony, who are back from the Philippines. Hello, everybody. Good to see you guys. Sean and Heather, back from Idaho, not as far as the Philippines, but... Uh, I guess you guys are going out for lunch. Anybody wants to join you guys for lunch there? Going to be there for you. We're going to look through a topic which is very challenging. And if you've been a Christian for a while, it doesn't get any less challenging. It's the mystery of healing. If you've ever prayed for healing and someone wasn't healed, you face this paradox. So we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about healing because we're going through the book of Acts verse by verse and we're on Acts chapter 14 verses 8 through 10 and we have a healing happening. So we're going to look at this healing and we're going to apply the story to our lives. So if you look at the map up there, Paul left from the purple country, Syria, Antioch, and he and Barnabas went to Cyprus and then they went up to a place called Galatia where they've been traveling for quite some time. And we're going to talk about Paul in Lystra of Galatia today. Here's the healing story we're going to look at. Let's get right into it. Acts chapter 14 verses 8 through 10. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He'd been that way from birth, so he never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized, this is important here, that he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up, and the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Paul realized that he had faith to be healed. Now, anybody who's ever taught a class or preached in a church or led worship can tell who's leaning in. And this guy was leaning in. This guy was obviously very engaged with what Paul was saying and Paul saw that he had the faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice and said, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. He'd never walked. So like a toddler, he had to learn how to walk at this point. He was able to get up, but even as a grown man, had to learn to walk. Just like if you've been blind from birth, you'd have to get used to seeing. It doesn't happen right away. So we've got this rather remarkable story here, story here with the mystery of healing. So we're going to take an unusually stubborn attempt to think clearly about this. And it's easy just to pick a few verses and talk about healing and try to inspire people and then have a prayer about healing. But then we don't go after the issues that come with this topic because we live in a world where we have challenges here. Who has ever prayed for something and you didn't get the answer that you wanted or so no answer ever came? Raise your hands if you... Okay, we're in, that, we're in that boat. And so we have to deal with that and we have to deal with it constructively. And there's some things we can do that are dysfunctional. One would be, well, Lord didn't answer that prayer, so I'm going to quit praying. That'd be a dysfunctional way to do it. Who thinks the enemy would love to have you take that path? Well, that didn't work out, so quit praying about this. Or have less faith, or dial it down a little bit, or don't expect so much from God. So, 
Today we're going to talk about healing. What does the Bible say about healing? And just as importantly, what does the Bible not say about healing? What are our cultural biases? We are a multicultural congregation here, but we living in the 21st century have biases about how things work, how medicine works, how healing works. And we have to work with those biases and we have to recognize those biases. Also, we're going to be defining some of our frustrations with prayer. The last thing you want to do is pretend like you're not frustrated with prayer. When you pray for something, it doesn't happen. We can either go into denial or we can put on a good Christian face and say, well, you know, I'll come up with a different answer that sort of euphemizes what happened. But we need to define our frustrations and we need to talk about how to move forward. So what does the Bible say about healing? I've got a list of things here. Exodus 15:16. The Lord says, I am Yahweh Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. It's in his very identity to heal. It is in his very nature to heal. Some of you have been through dramatic healings. I've got a dramatic healing story here. If anybody wants this book, I've got several copies from a friend of mine named Jeff Sislo. And he was diagnosed with aplastic anemia. I was with him in the hospital when the doctor gave him the diagnosis. He says, uh, forget it. I'm not going there. This doesn't belong to me. Put post-it notes all over his house with Bible verses. And it's a rather remarkable book because he includes all the blood work charts in here and how that improved over years and he was able to be healed. So this book is here for anybody who wants it after the service. Our own John Ellis has been through a situation where he went through a massive stroke and I love his phrase, not getting healed was not an option. Needed to move forward. He'd love to tell you that story and give you that testimony. It's in God's very nature to heal. Exodus 15, 16. There's no verses here for Jesus' healing because there are too many. It would cover too many slides. Jesus basically, if, if he was doing his taxes, and this is tax season, would have to put healer on his occupation because he did a lot of that on his 1040 form because he was healing all the time. He was casting out unclean spirits, he was healing, and he was teaching. Those were sort of the three things he did an awful lot of. It's in his very nature to heal, just like it's in the Father's very nature to heal. Here's something the Bible says that's interesting. Mark 6, 5 says that Jesus' healing was limited. He was unable to heal in a town where there was unbelief. Now, you don't want to extrapolate too much from that. You can create all kinds of philosophical outriggers to that thing. But it's important to stay with the fact that even Jesus was limited in his healing. So when we pray for healing and we are sometimes limited, we're in good company. Jesus actually faced that himself. The Bible says very clearly in Mark 6, 5 that Jesus couldn't heal because of unbelief in the town he was working with. Jesus, this is very important. Jesus didn't heal to show off and to prove he was God. Jesus healed to teach us how to pray for healing. Do you understand the difference? Jesus assigned people very distinctly in Luke 9 and in Luke 10, sent them out two by two. First he sent out the varsity, he sent out the disciples, sent out the top 12, the first team, sent them out to heal and to do all kinds of things and announce that the kingdom was breaking in. So 
Varsity went out, did their thing. Then in Luke 10, he sends out the whole team. 70 or 72, depending on your Bible translation, he sends them out two by two to do healing and to announce that the kingdom is there. So healing was something he was teaching us how to do. Jesus did not have any magical powers because he was the Son of God. The Bible was very clear that he emptied himself and took on human flesh. Jesus was more like Batman than Superman when he was living here. If you would have shot him, he would have died. Thank you. Just making sure you're with me here. He gave up his immortality and took on total mortality. He was a human being just as much of a human being as any of us here. And the reason he was operating in power is he was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit and operating in the power of the kingdom just like we're supposed to. They called him teacher. They were his students. Disciples. It was mathetes, mathematics. We get the word student from that. So he was teaching people how to do these things. So Jesus didn't do miracles to show off. In fact, when he did miracles in public, he told people, don't go around telling everybody because I'm not here to be a celebrity. I'm here to be a teacher. Do you understand the difference between being a teacher and a celebrity? He was there to teach us how to do these things. They called him rabbi, teacher. He was here to teach us how to heal and to pray for healing. Then he doesn't just assign us. He says in John 14, 12, and this is one of those verses I can't believe is in the Bible. Greater things than these you shall do. You've seen me do things. Greater things than these you shall do. Not could do, not might do, but shall do. So healing is something he gives to us. Healing is something he gives to us. And we have in our instinct when someone's sick, we have an urge to pray for people. There's an urge to do something about it. There's an urge to come and pray. I, I remember when I was really sick with the, who knows what it was at the beginning of this COVID thing and Heather came over with a whole bunch of stuff and she prayed. And there's that urge to do that at my house. Pastors are supposed to go pray for people, but it's nice when people come and pray for the pastor at their house and that was kind of cool. So we have an urge to do that, to pray and to engage against illness and sickness. A lot of people say, I wish there was healing like there was in the Bible. Well, healing happens today all the time. If you go to the church in the global south, there's lots of healings going on. Very often the church in Western culture, that's North America and Western Europe and places that are all industrialized, we have less healing because our mentality is different. We're going to talk about that, our cultural biases about healing. And those cultural biases do get in the way. But healing is for today. You can walk outside, and while you're eating a donut today, there is a banner that's nailed to the wall here. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Jesus healed, then Jesus heals now. There is no difference between Bible times and now. There are people who teach that when the last apostle died, healing stopped. Christians teach that. There's churches that teach that. And those churches are called cessationist churches, churches that cease, that the gifts cease, that miracles cease. There's another phrase which I think is really important. We're going to spend some time on this. I've heard a lot of people say, Lord, I want to get healed, but thy will be done. It's like it, it's an asterisk. Like if I don't get healed, no problem, God, no problem. Uh, you know, it's all good. 
I don't really want this that bad if it's just if it's your will. It's a misquoting of the Lord's Prayer. And let me help you with the Lord's Prayer and what it really says just as Jesus taught it. You've heard people say in the original Greek. Jesus didn't teach it in Greek. Jesus taught it in Aramaic. And that, by the way, right in front of you is Aramaic up on the screen. And that is very challenging to read. And if you look at the Aramaic, it says this. Newe tsebyanok. Ekona tebeshmayo af baro. Goes from right to left. So whoever invented Aramaic was probably left-handed so they didn't smear the ink. It goes the other way. Let's look at what this says in the original language. In the original language, God's will is connected to the root of desire and pleasure. God, what God wants. When you want a donut, there is a sense of pleasure in the thought of maybe getting that donut. Maybe you're not into donuts. Uh, pick something you like that kind of thing that you're drawn to. There's a sense of pleasure, something you want, and God's will, God's desire, God's pleasure, and his will as creator. His very will as creator is to heal. It's his very nature. And it says here, your will be done. Your will be done. Let me help you with Aramaic, and please stick with me here. I know you're thinking, oh, I can't do this. Yes, you can. This is an unfinished intensive PL. Now, you don't need to know what that means. But a PL is an intensive. They didn't have exclamation points in Aramaic, but they had a different verb form when it was intense. And PL is an intense form for nehweh. Your will be done. It's, 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 you're shouting it. Your will be done. And they don't have past, present, and future. So it's not be done in the future. It's acknowledgement that your will is not being done because it's unfinished. It's an unfinished form of the verb. We don't pray for things that are done. We pray for things that need doing. Do you understand the difference? No past, present, future. They have finished and unfinished tenses. This is an unfinished tense. We come to God with an intensive, unfinished sense. Who here has felt an intense, an intense, unfinished sense when you're praying for something? This is not finished. This is not complete yet. But I'm praying intensely into this. There's an intensive sense of this. And what you're saying to God is not, if it be your will. It's like, do it, God. Do it now. Send your will. Ekano de Bashmayo af baro. As it is in heaven, so on earth. There's no disease in heaven. Make this situation I'm praying for like heaven. That's powerful stuff. It's not a little asterisk. If it be your will. It's no, Lord, do it here. Get it done like it is in heaven bring heaven into this situation. When we pray over people, we pray heaven into people so that the disease has to go. We pray in that unfinished sort of yearning sense. We'd love it to be finished, but we know it's not. If it was finished, we wouldn't be praying. There's a sense that this is under construction, that God, you're at work. Pastor Joe Johnson taught me the best praise with 
the best phrase with healing. He taught people when they're praying for healing for themselves, thank you, Lord, for the healing you're doing in my body. What a great prayer to pray. That's that intensive, unfinished kind of sense that this is, this is coming to be. But it's also the faith that it's going to be completed. There's something about that faith. You want to live in that completed sense back into the uncompleted sense. As off-baro as it is on the land, on earth. So here we've got the Lord's Prayer just as Jesus taught it in Aramaic. And it is not an asterisk prayer. If it be your will, Lord. No, it's like, send your will forth. As Kim was praying, send your... We were just singing here. Remember what we were just saying? Send your... This is a send your power phrase. Send your power into this situation. Because this situation is not good. And it needs fixing. It needs healing. Some things the Bible does not say. It never says it's your fault if you're not healed. It's bad enough to tell, it's bad enough to be sick. It's worse to tell someone it's your fault you're sick. If you had more faith, you'd get well. Now that may be true, it may not be true, but the Bible never says that it is true and it's really pretty much spiritual malpractice to tell someone their faith is, is lacking. Because there's no way they can recover from that. They, they're gonna get sicker. <laughs> they're going to they're go into a backward spin. Boy, not only am I sick, it's my mentality that's causing it. Next thing you know, you're spinning backwards and getting not better, but worse. The Bible never says, it's your fault you're not healed. Jesus does say to his disciples, it's because of your unbelief that all this problem is happening. The other people are not getting prayer because you're praying in unbelief. That's a whole different thing. But never does anyone say in the Bible, you're not healed because you don't have enough faith. Aging. I got a haircut this week and I'm so surprised by how little hair I have to cut. <laughs> there's just less and less hair to cut all the time. And there's, that's nothing, I could pray till I'm blue in the face, the hair's not coming back. It's just not going to. And there's nothing wrong with you if you need reading glasses when you're 50. That's natural aging. When your hair turns gray, Shonda can help you with that. But, uh, <laughs> but it's going to happen to most of us at some point. That's natural. That's not a sickness. You can't pray, you can't pray to turn your hair black again. It's not going to work. There's nothing wrong with natural aging. It's not something to pray against. Now, I'm not talking about being feeble. You can be strong up until whenever. You've seen... Bill Zerson here, he's in his upper 80s, and he's carrying tables around. You can be strong and healthy and doing all kinds of stuff. It's not about that. It's not about feebleness. It's about the natural things that come with aging are just part of life. And you can pray till Jesus comes back, and you're not going to live past 120. The Bible tells us in Genesis 6-3 that that's the new limit. And there's only one woman in the history of the world that claims to be documented who got over 120. It's 122, and that's sketchy. It looks like 120 is the, is the line, no matter what. So you're 115, and you're starting to die. Uh, you're going to die anyways. Just go be with Jesus at that point. You can, you can just go ahead and go because that's natural. There's such a thing as natural death. There's a time where your lifespan is over. The Bible says in, in Psalm 90 that 70 is the natural lifespan, 80 in strength. 
120 at the limit. That's the very edge of it. It doesn't mean you don't have faith if you're starting to age naturally. If you start to go bald, if you, your hair goes gray, if you have to have reading glasses, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That's normal part of aging, just like getting taller when you're young. Saw Everett coming here, oh my goodness, he's a head taller than he was last time. And that's natural, just like aging is natural. The Bible never says don't do medicine. There is a denomination, and I won't tell you which one it is, but it's initials of Christian science, that says we're not supposed to do medicine. Medicine is wrong because you had, you're supposed to deal with all these things through faith. Now, I fully understand why they're saying that, because they want us to emphasize faith. I get that. They mean well. But nowhere in the Bible does it say don't use medicine. Don't go to doctors. It's not proof that you have no faith if you go to a doctor. Or if you go to a natural healer, or if you go to whatever it is you go to. Folks, I was sick with, with pneumonia back in 2013 for months on end and in, went to an acupuncturist and three days later it was on its way out and almost gone. There's a lot of things out there that aren't in the Bible that help with healing. As I get older, thank God for Advil, even though Advil isn't in the Bible. It's, it's one of those things that uh, comes with the creeks and everything else that comes with life. It's a normal part of thing. Aging can't be stopped. Bible never says aging can't be stopped, and Bible never says don't do medicine, and the Bible also never says pray timidly for healing. If I'm really sick someday, I'm going to have two kinds of people with me. One is kids, because kids pray directly and people of faith. If you're one of those, it's, if it's your will, Lord, don't even, don't even come in the room if I'm getting prayer. I want people, I want to be surrounded by people with serious faith at that point, people who are going for it. I don't want to be around people who think, well, God probably doesn't want to heal you because, you know, who fill in the blank? Or maybe it's somebody who's going to tell me it's my fault that I'm sick. We don't need that. We want faith-filled prayers. Send your power kind of prayers, as Kim was singing. Our cultural biases. Here in North America, California, our cultural biases are that doctors have the last word, they're the important thing, and the Bible or prayer is an elective for people if you want to add it on. I have nothing against doctors. I've got professional medical people right here. Karen is going to Peru tomorrow. She's a very professional medical person. Nothing wrong with that. But they don't have the final word. And it's important that we understand our biases, even Christians in America. In general, what the doctor says is more important than what the Bible says. And that is something we have to deal with. I know lots of people say, well, I believe every word of the Bible, and I believe the, it's inerrant, without errant, to believe everything in the Bible, except when doctors say otherwise. There is no incurable in the Bible, and we need to wrestle with that. All things are possible with the Lord, and we have to learn to put the Bible ahead of what doctors say. That's what Jeff did. In fact, he told the doctor off in some language he won't put in this book when I was right there in front of him and uh, did not take the doctor's word as a final word. My prayer partner, Walter Jackson, is still preaching. Also received a horrific diagnosis a few months ago, and his phrase is, this does not belong to me. 
And he's, and he's still working with the doctors. He didn't dump the doctors. He's still working with the doctors, but he is in remission and shouldn't be. And so we need to look at those things and say, all right, we have to put what the Bible says ahead of what the doctors say. Our cultural biases are that healing is the exception. When we're praying, we're praying for an exception to the disease taking over and getting us. People, healing, your body is healing right now. There's stuff wrong in your body that your Bible is correcting as we sit here. Your Bible, your, your I don't want to say this, your, your body's immune system is getting rid of all kinds of viruses and bacteria as we sit here. You might have come in contact with someone this morning and that person gave you some viruses and bacteria and your body is fighting it. And there's some injuries and wounds that your body is healing right now. I get scrapes and scratches all the time because I'm always working on my car or doing something else and my body's constantly healing those. Healing is the norm. Healing is what your body was designed to do. Every cell of your body is trying to get back to its plan A, which is the DNA in every one of your cells. So healing is normal. Healing is not the exception. And we want to work with, it's not just spiritual, it's natural. Your body is trying to heal. And we want to work with that natural healing power that God gave us in our bodies to heal. Our cultural bias is also that there are laws of nature and that it is a closed system and there is no divine being on the outside of it regulating things. If you don't believe that, go to any science department in any state university and that's exactly what they teach. That the universe is one big machine and it operates just fine without a God, thank you very much, and here's how it operates and it's a closed system. There's nothing, there's no power on the outside, there's no, there's no um, composer and there's no director to the orchestra. It just does these things by itself. And that's what our kids are getting taught at the university. And if you don't believe it, send your kid there. And that's exactly what they're being taught. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach that the world is a closed system. This is a big deal. This is a really big worldview issue. Soft cessationism. Cessationism is a Christian problem. It's churches that teach that these things no longer are for today. And there's a lot of churches that teach that. And there's a lot of churches that have soft cessationism. Even churches that believe in the gifts of the Spirit, if you have a big situation in the church where you're praying for someone and that person doesn't get healed, that person dies, then all of a sudden the church goes into soft cessation mode. Well, God probably doesn't heal everybody, so we probably ought not to heal very, we ought not to pray very boldly. We ought to tone it down a notch. And most churches tone down because of bad experiences with healing. It happens quickly, and we have to be careful not to fall into that toning down. I call that soft cessationism. It's easy to do in our lives, too. Caricatures. We've all got a caricature of some TV evangelist doing a healing thing. And those things are in lots of movies and TV shows. In fact, I'm going to illustrate it with a joke. There was a person who was looking for a used dog because she couldn't afford a new dog. So she went to the used dog store, and at the used dog store, uh, she was looking for this, really like this one dog. Says, well, why is this dog here? Well, the dog's owner died. Well, what was the dog's owner? 
the dog's owner was a televangelist healing prayer person. Oh, okay, well, let me test the dog out and I'll see if uh, I want to take it home. So the dog says, uh, sit up. So the dog sits up. Shake hands, dog. Shakes hands. Dog says, he says, dogs, um, speak. Dog, ruff, ruff, ruff. This, this dog is well trained. Let me see if it follows me out. And if it follows me out, I'll take it home. So she turns around, walks toward the door, and she says, heal. And the dog says, thank you, Jesus. We, we've all got those caricatures of, uh, of healing people that do all kinds, you know, that just, you know, they got the white shoes and the big hair and the whole thing. And, and we, we think, I don't want to be one of those guys because that's just like a circus. I don't want to be like that. And so those caricatures in our culture keep us from praying boldly because we think, I don't want to be like that person. The other one is using the word kingdom for someday. Till kingdom come. Someday. Someday the kingdom will come. Oh, folks, the kingdom is here and the kingdom is increasing in power all the time. And the Lord continues to send his kingdom and his power. The Hebrew word is malkuth. We shut that door right there. It's going through the microphone and causing some extra noise there. The word is malkuth, which is God's rule in the world today. And God is ruling his world and increasing that rule all the time. What's your biggest spiritual issue? And my biggest spiritual issue is allowing and being receptive to the Lord increasing his rule in our lives. Who thinks it's easier to have Jesus be Savior than Jesus be Lord of our lives? Real easy. And it's a process to let the Lord take more and more control over our lives. And just same with the world. The world is getting used to the Lord's presence and sometimes rejecting it and whatever, but the Lord will get his way with his creation. Those are our cultural biases. So we've got frustrations. It's a paradox. I once was in a prayer meeting in Minnesota and there was a woman who came in, never saw her again after a few weeks. I don't know where she came from. Had like nine tumors we prayed over her, she went to the doctor, came back, showed us the results, and they were gone. So I thought, this is great. Look what we can do. A few weeks later, one of my dearest friends in the church, Pat Groth, was diagnosed with aggressive cancer. So the same people got together and prayed for her, and in a few months she was dead. For the next year and a half, my prayer life with the Lord was not very pleasant. Said, what are you thinking? Heal this lady we don't even know, and then Pat Groth, who's this wonderful person on our staff, who meant a lot to me, and we prayed over her, and she just went and died real fast. That's frustrating. One of the worst things we can do at that point is start to overthink and not pray boldly. But what I was told by someone else was that you got to get back on the horse and start praying again and just as boldly as you did before and not tone it down and not become a soft cessationist and just get back and do it again get back in the batter's box and give it another swing give it another try if you try to come up with reasons you're going to overthink it I, there's nobody that prays more boldly for healing than me you might pray as boldly 
I remember I was with Jeremy King, who's now a pastor in Minnesota. He was a young youth pastor. He says, can I come to the hospital to see what you guys do? I said, yeah, come along. And there's a guy named Tom in there, and he'd been injured and, and, uh, and playing basketball on his head. He landed on his head. And, and I just prayed boldly for his healing. And on the way out, Jeremy says, you can just do that? I says, yeah, you can. You really can. You've got to pray boldly for these things. Why, why pray tentatively? Go for it. I mean, there's no point in praying with less urgency. There's no point in praying with less faith, even when it doesn't go right. There's a whole teaching on this that, uh, that John Ellis has about the fact that we have belief and unbelief occurring at the same time sometime. And I'm still working my way through that, so John will tell you that better than I will, but ask him about it sometime. And we wrestle with that in letting that kingdom grow in our lives and working with that unbelief that we have in our lives, which is it's a paradox. It really is. So here's some practicalities. Nevertheless mentality. I love faith-filled nevertheless mentality. We prayed for this person's healing. He didn't get healed. Nevertheless, the Bible says what it says, and we're going to pray for the next person. We're going to get back in the batter's box and do it again. Sandy Miller, he's, he was the pastor at uh, our home church in London, Brompton. And that was before Nikki Gumbel was the pastor from Alpha. And uh, Sandy had a great phrase. It used to be that we, we never prayed for healing and no one got healed. Now we pray for people and some are getting healed. We just want to increase the percentage. And I find that to be healthy. We used to pray for no one and no one got healed. Now we're praying for people and we're having some dramatic healings. We want to get better at this. We want to keep at it. We want to have that nevertheless kind of faith. Just because people don't get healed doesn't mean we need to stop praying in faith. You get back and you do it again. You fall off the horse, you get back on. Get back on the horse. When I was first snowboarding, I had some really bad wipeouts and a guy saw me just sitting there mangled up in the snow. He said, dude, you want to learn how to snowboard? you got to be willing to face plant. <laughs> and there's something to it. you got to be willing to face plant. you got, you got to be willing. If we're afraid of failure, we'll never pray with boldness. If we're afraid of failure, we'll never pray with boldness. Nevertheless, mentality. Yes, I prayed for Pat Growth and she didn't get healed. Nevertheless, I'm going to pray for everybody I pray for with, with boldness. I love how Tamara prays. She prays not just that the disease goes away, she prays strength into people. There's something about the positivity of praying strength into people and, and health and praying the, the promise, not just the problem. Stay in the present. Can I tell you a little secret? The past and the future don't exist. Those of us with past, present, and future-oriented grammar languages tend to live in the past and the future all the time. Oh, it didn't happen before, or this happened to me, or what if I pray for this person they don't get healed? That's living in the future. Stay in the present. That's where God's presence is. That's why they call it the present. Stay in the present when you're praying for healing. Don't overthink what's going to happen and don't be thinking about what happened to you before. Stay in the present and pray what the Bible tells us to pray in the present. Don't overthink. I'm not telling you to be stupid. I'm not saying be naive. I'm saying don't overthink it. Some of you, 
Some of you men, most of you women, I know this is not a sexist thing to say, most of, most of you women, your minds never stop. It's like a gerbil wheel that just goes and goes and goes. You, you ever watch a guy just sitting there not thinking? We, we're often not thinking. We're just sitting there, you know. We overthink things all the time. So if the shoe fits, wear it, whether you're male or female. If you're an overthinker, cut it out. Stay in the present and pray for God's presence there in the healing. As Bud said in our prayer meeting together, let your heart connect with the heart of God and the heart of the person you're praying for. Look for a heart connection there. And sense God's presence in the present. If you've had a Good Friday experience, some of you have experienced trauma while praying for healing. You prayed for healing and something went terribly wrong. Some of you have had Good Friday experiences. If so, stand up on Easter Sunday and keep walking. If you're going through hell, as Winston Churchill once said, keep going. Don't stay there. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep getting up and going again. Dust yourself off. Give it another try. Expect strength. Pray strength into people, not just a cessation of their issues. Watch your language. Use faith-filled language. Use language that enhances healing. Somebody taught me this once, and you can do it if it works for you. Never say you have a disease. Say you've been diagnosed with it, if you've been diagnosed with it. There's, it's exactly the same, except it gives God more room to move. The word have is a possessive word. As my friend Walter says, this diagnosis does not belong to me. I've been diagnosed with this, which is a true statement. He's not denying he's been diagnosed with it. He says, I've been diagnosed with this, but it does not belong to me. And he moved on from there. Watch your language. Always use language that leaves God room to move. Testimonies. When you've... Been Tamara asks for this every week. If you've received an answer to prayer, tell people about it. It's good for you and it's good for them. It's good for them to hear that. It, I love to hear stories about people getting healed. I'm going to invite the worship team up. I'm going to show you a picture of one of our favorite native sons from San Diego. Ted Williams. Sometimes secular people have more faith than Christians. And we can learn from the faith of people outside the church. Ted Williams was not a churchgoer, as far as we know. I don't know what his personal beliefs were. But Ted Williams was the last man to bat over 400 before most of us here were born. Ted Williams batted 406, I think, one year. And then he went on to serve in the military after that. Came back. He played for 19 years and was in the All-Star game for 19 years. That's pretty good. Started very young. You know what Ted Williams said to himself on the way to the batter's box? Every single time? 
Here comes Ted Williams. Greatest hitter in history. That's how we need to step into the batter's box. We've got the greatest Lord the world has ever seen. We've got the promises of the Bible. Why did he hit 406? He struck out and flew out more than he hit. Often. But he batted 406. That's not even half the time. Greatest batter in history. That's how we need to step into the batter's box of healing. Let's pray. Well, I want to pray first for people watching this on video or present here who've gone through trauma with this healing thing and devastated by prayer that seemed to have gone wrong. I pray that you would be their healer. Heal, heal their souls today so that they can have the courage to pray again. They've told themselves, I'm never going to pray for healing again. pray for those of us, Lord, who've toned it down because of disappointments. We still pray for healing, but we're so much more tentative. We've been stung. It's like we flinch if we're afraid of dogs or something. We just flinch. We're, it's touchy. We pray for healing for our souls, Lord, that we would regain that sense of urgency, the sense of faith. Send your power, Lord. Pray for overthinkers, Lord. People have overthought this. That they would just stand on the promises of your word and stay present and not overthink what's going to happen or what happened before. My sense, Lord, and in this passage, Acts 14, 8 through 10, that the person who got healed was very present. And Paul saw that in him called him forth. We pray for a closer heart-to-heart -heart relationship with you, Lord, so that healing identity flows into our hearts. Give us the boldness Ted Williams had when he stepped into the batter's box when we lay hands on someone for healing. I come as an ambassador of Yahweh Rapha, the creator God who heals. I come in the name of his son, Jesus, carrying all of his authority. Give us wisdom, Lord, to work with people who have struggled with this issue and sensitivity and love. Pray all these things in Jesus' name, who was the healer, and who is the healer. Amen.
praying for healing, um, one thing you want to do is ask the person what they want healed for. Um, I'm working, I've been talking with this woman, and they're both in their 80s, I think, and he's ready to go home. She's not ready. So she's praying for healing, and he wants to go home. That paradox. But you want to ask the person what they want healed for. And if you're the person saying, I want healing for this, ask God what he wants to heal. Um, I'll give you some examples. A couple of weeks ago in Alpha, we had healing night, and I had been having the weirdest things happening. Migraines coming out of nowhere, which I do have migraines, but I haven't had any for a long time. Migraines. My eyes were just swelling and watering, and I was having the weirdest symptoms. And I had people praying for me. I was praying. I was doing all the things I know to do. Like, oh, it must be allergies, so I was doing allergy stuff. But nothing helped. I just kept getting worse, and I said, like, dang, what is going on? So I said, Lord, what in the world is going on? He said, spiritual warfare. And I went, oh, shoot. That night, we prayed. We had healing night of prayer. And we were praying for each other, and I said, spiritual warfare, we need to get this to stop in my life. They prayed for me, by the time I was done, all my symptoms were gone, because it was spiritual warfare. Um, another time, I um, needed healing for my hand. My hand, my hand issues from a long time ago, I had multiple surgeries, multiple injuries, and Another healing night at Alpha, and they said, oh, we know what you want prayer for, you want prayer for healing for your hand, and I said, no, the Lord showed me that my heart and my spirit need healing, So I was very broken at that time, and so they prayed for me for that. I had surgery on my hand, and the doctor said, you're probably going to lose 50% of your range of motion, 50% of your grip strength. It was not going to work the, the same way. It could, I mean, that's a, poss a huge possibility for you. He's going, there's always a chance it doesn't. He was a believer. And he said, well, I've got a lot of people praying for me. I have full range of motion, full strength. I've never had a problem since. So God healed my heart and my spirit, but he also healed my hand through medical intervention with his power to making sure I could have full use of my hand. So there's a lot of different things we can pray for. I have been healed instantly of things. I know people here have. So you just never know. You never know. So today what I'd like to do, everyone stand up. Yes, good thing, bad people, you stand up too. Okay, if you need healing today, sit down. No matter what it is, you have achy knees, sit down. You have a diagnosis, sit down. You have a sore ankle in the back, sit down. That's Dave, so everyone make sure he gets prayer. I know, I'm calling him out because it's been going on far too long. Those of you that are still standing, gather around these people, ask them what they want prayer for and pray boldly pray for God's will to be done exclamation point not question mark or asterisk for those of you at home gather with your people and pray together
Father God, thank you for the healing that you were doing in this room. We thank you for the healing that you will continue to go to do in our lives as we go about our day and our week. Lord, your kingdom come. Thy will be done today and always. Amen. You guys have a great week. Have a blessed week. We are going out to lunch with Sean, Heather, and the kids. Where are we going? Supermax. Where's Supermax? No, it's gone. Sorry. They're not there anymore. Hold on. Okay, we will let you know. They didn't realize it was gone. All right. So, a lot of them have closed, so we got to figure out. Anyways, have a blessed week, everyone, and we'll let you know where we're going to lunch.